0: All right, you're now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the true players podcast, episode 213. The Wizards are number one in the East. Andrew Wiggins and Anthony Edwards have a battle in the Bay. Buy, sell, or hold Michael Porter Jr. And I have a small apology to Scottie Pippen. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow through with Clipson. Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode two one three. Shout out to the two one three area code. LA's in the house for real. Uh, <laughs> Drew, you have you have a uh, real quick. You have uh, three turkey days coming up here, man. You oh have three God. Thanksgivings. A tale of three turkeys.
1: Yeah, I do love Thanksgiving. Uh, as I've grown older, it has probably it, it might have moved into second place for my favorite holiday. I mean, Christmas, I love Christmas, bro. I, I mean, basketball is in full swing for Christmas time. Uh, but I just, I love to eat. You know that I'm, I'm a big eater. Uh, and so, yeah, the more Thanksgiving's the better for me. I'm looking forward to all three of them.
0: <laughs> I'm not, it's my least favorite. I mean, I don't like holidays in general. I'm a Christmas guy. Catch me at Christmas Clipsmas, I'm all good. Right. But now, now this year I don't have a Clipper game on Clipsmith, which sucks. But I can do without Thanksgiving. You can keep Halloween. You can save St. Patty's Day. I'm good on all that,
1: dude. Oh, St. Patty's Day, underrated holiday. <laughs> I, I mean, are, are you? I, I'm Irish. Are you Irish? No, bro. I'm Italian. Clip I Clipolino. I, I, what's that?
0: Clipolino, my nickname.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely Irish, and uh, St. Patty's Day is always that's a that's a that's a great holiday. I mean, anything surrounding just the celebration of alcohol. I'm, I'm Cinco de Mayo. I'm up for that one. But uh, Thanksgiving for me, it, I lo- I'm love. i still an NFL fan. I, you know, I love the NFL. So I just, I love to be able on Thanksgiving day, big ass meal, several beers, watching an NFL and,
0: you know, arguing politics, you know, <laughs> like the, the, the standards. I'm, I'm all for that. Hey, so we're approximately three weeks into this NBA season. Most NBA teams have had... Ten or more games right now, and it's kind of a shock, man. We have some uh, some shockers in the top. I mean, we got the Wizards at number one in the East. Now, there, I don't care what you say. There's not one person that would have said that three weeks into the NBA season, the Washington Wizards are going to be number one in the East. I did, however, say that they were going to be better this year, and I thought that you had them a little low on your on your on your preseason list. But they are gelling right now. Everything seems to be clicking for them. What do you, What's your take on the Wizards right now? Uh, well, I think for the first time, Bradley Beal seems to actually have the support
1: that he's been looking for, uh, just simply from a scoring standpoint. And then honestly, defensively as well, Like, there's one thing when uh, a team like the Wizards gets uh, at least a set of players that have experienced playoff runs and a championship, really, when it's Kuzma and KCP. And then you move them to a team that has a a different culture and a culture of losing, honestly, is what what the the case has been in in Washington for several years now. Kuzma, KCP, Harrell, even for that matter, uh, have been on winning teams for several years. Um, And that's showing up. They're not used to losing. Uh, They're used to winning close games. Uh, And just, I mean, even last night, Kyle Kuzma was huge in the comeback victory over the Cavs, who have been, you know, pretty fucking plucky, if you will. Uh, this season, but I you're right. There's no way in history of the anyone's <laughs> takes that anyone this year go? you know, who I think is going to lead the West, the East uh, for the first, you know, 11 games of the season, the Wizards, not even the diehard Wizards fans, which I'm sure there's there's thousands of certainly we, more now
0: we have one I know of one that follows us. So uh-huh. this is for you, bro. Yeah, basket exactly. basketopia, my guy.
1: Yeah. and And so even even that guy, there's no way. <laughs> he was like, yeah, we're going to be better than the Nets. We're going to be better than the Heat and the Sixers and all these. There's no way. I mean, I definitely at this point, that's one of the teams that I've seemed to have gotten wrong um, when it comes to my preseason rankings. And the the fun part about preseason rankings for me is I know I'm not going to get them all right. Like, it's impossible. If I ever did, I I should, you know, immediately get a job at ESPN. Um, But I'm happily wrong about the Wizards because it is nice to see Bradley Beal He's not scoring 30 points a game. He doesn't have to. Yeah, he, he's he's averaging, you know, 20, 23, 24 points a game, five boards, five assists, and it's nice. And and the flow is nice offensively. And I do think their defense is better than it has been in years. I mean, since, like, since John Wall was on the team when they made that playoff run to the second round or whatever that was. God, that was like, I don't know, eight years ago now.
0: John Wall still playing the NBA? Do we know? <laughs> yeah,
1: he, he's still getting paid. Yeah. Uh, he does not – he does not – play he practices Uh, he practices a lot though he does he looks great and he looks great in those one-on-ones against all the all the fucking rookies
0: and and young bucks down there uh but yeah big shout out to the wizards man i mean you know i'm you know i'm a big you know i'm a big guy on just fit man sometimes it's just the right fit and i thought that they came out really really good on that trade right like they got all the pieces that they needed montrez is playing like he played for the clippers the fit Obviously, he's been taking digs at Vogel a lot lately about <laughs> his usage on the Lakers. But, you know, we know Kyle Kuzma can get buckets. KCP can get buckets when needed and play defense. And, you know, we haven't even seen Rui this season. He's been away for whatever reasons. They won't They won't tell why. I don't think it's COVID related. I think it was some personal reasons. But, you know, that's another 14 points coming to you. And Rui's a, Rui's a good player, not to mention your favorite player, the Latvian laser. Uh...
1: <laughs> the most overpaid man in the NBA at this point.
0: Bertans. But I'm just happy to see them. They look like they're having a really good time playing. We, we get to see finally, like this is the version of Kyle Kuzma that I know Laker fans wanted to see. But when you when you don't get the opportunities when you play with guys like LeBron, you know, think about this, Drew, think about all these guys that are thriving, you know, Caruso's thriving, Kuzma's thriving, Trez is thriving, Ingram's thriving, which is a whole nother story. Ingram wants out of there for sure. That's just ridiculous down in New Orleans. But, yeah, I'm happy for them. It, how they, if they can maintain this is going to be the question. Will they be in first place the whole season? I doubt that. Uh, will they be top four? I doubt that. But I think if they can, if they can get, like, the 6-5 the spot, I think that's attainable for them.
1: Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Like, there is something about having a new team and kind of like the way that the Hawks were surprising everyone last year because it was a lot of new pieces – I think that's what the that's what the wizards are doing right now. They're surprising because there's a lot of new things in there. There's not a lot of tape on this. Uh, they have a new coach, we, which we haven't mentioned, Wes Unseld Jr., uh, who is the son of the legendary Wizards bullets wizards, uh, you know, Wes Unseld Senior. Um, but also Spencer Dinwiddie is a is a guy that I think <laughs> that they they made a great deal to bring him in, and you can see you know sometimes his shot isn't falling but he's not a guy that needs to shoot 20 times a game in order to get in his rhythm. He just, he's a big guard. I think that's the other thing is like, he's bigger than most people think. I mean, at least in my mind, I, I remember him on the nets and being like, man, he's really good. Right. But when I see him now, cause it's been over a year before he was back with that, um, what was it? ACL. ACL injury. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he just looks, he looks big out there for a guard. And I just, I love the way that he's moving the ball, kind of setting the table for everybody out there. And I just think he's a good, he's a good basketball player.
0: You know what I'm saying? We didn't, I can't believe we didn't even mention him. Everybody that we just mentioned, Kuzma, Dinwiddie, Beal and KCP can, can score, man. That takes so much pressure off Beal, not having to drop 32 points a game. And I think, He's one of those guys that's willing to sacrifice that. Like, I don't need these numbers. I'd rather win these games, and it's so well deserved for Beal too, man. He didn't want to. He didn't want to get out of there. You know, the front office brought him a team. Right? Here's here's your guys. Let's make this work, and it's working. And I and, and I like to see that, man. I really do. Um, on the other side, it's not as shocking, but but the Golden State Warriors record right now. I mean, these guys are just gelling. They are so good. These games are ridiculous. I mean, shout out to, to to Wiggins last night. This is this is why this guy was a number one pick. All right, he's been a very very good basketball player his whole career. But there's like some when it's a full moon or something, this guy comes out and has a crazy game last night with two poster dunks against his former team i mean he he put cat on a poster twice last night <laughs> yeah. crazy dunks right i'm surprised yep. i didn't post it on our page but look wiggins has 35 with two monster dunks anthony edwards has 48 five five and two seven threes last night anthony edwards past four games averaging 30 points a game four assists three and a half rebounds i mean this guy's a, a bucket getter too but let's talk about golden state man Again, with these pieces, right? The guys that fit the right way, the Bielitsa, the Pools. Now we're seeing with, with uh, Gary Payton Jr., right? This is working, man. This is a winning environment, a winning culture. And it seems like just everybody buys in. And when they buy in, you're 9-1. Were you expecting them to be 9-1 right now? Yeah, they're 10-1. 10-1, excuse me.
1: No, after, the, after last night's win, they, they're 10-1. Uh, they have the best record in the NBA. And their only loss is to a, the Grizzlies. Which I think is the most kind of shocking thing, and they didn't they didn't score very well in that game. I mean, the, the final score of that game, uh, well, they still got to 100, but it was a close game, and Jaw pretty much went off in that game. But it, it, there's it's conceivable they lost by three points that they would be undefeated right now, which that never happens this late already. I mean, it's still early, but three weeks in, every team usually catches a loss by now. Steph Curry having a 50 piece um, against Trey Young and just showing showing everyone why. Those comparisons, just because they kind of are the same size, are completely off, uh, and they're just not the same player. Um, and it's a lazy comparison, to be honest. If you're if you're a casual NBA fan, you go, yeah, sure, I can see why you would compare the two at the same size, and they both like to shoot from deep. But Steph Curry is the best shooter. Team ever. light skin. Yeah, sure, exactly. <laughs> uh, Steph Curry's got a better hairline and and better hair. Number one but for sure. Uh, and number two, he's the he's the greatest shooter to ever touch a basketball. And and Trey Young has never been that good of a shooter. Trey Young is definitely more of a playmaker and definitely can shoot from deep. Uh, but if you, just, if you just look at his percentages for his entire career in the NBA and even in college, they're nothing close to Steph Curry. And the other thing that I'll mention, too, is uh, I was watching. I was tuning in pregame to the Warriors Timberwolves last night. Steph is. His, he's, his percentages for his shot are kind of at career lows right now. And that just kind of t- speaks to the point that you're making where everyone is really stepping up uh, because he's not, he, he's below 40% from three. He's like, I think 42% in general from field goal in particular, uh, which are very low for him. And so I think the, the, the shocking part to me is as good as they are, there's room for growth there. They can get better. Uh, And of course, a lot of the news around them is like when Clay Thompson will be coming back. Who gives a shit at this point? Like, like let the dude gradually get better and better. Um, And a guy that you brought up there very quickly, Gary Payton. Holy shit, man! Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, immediately he steals Avery Bradley's spot for the last spot on the roster, and I think all of us were like, wow, they they let Avery Bradley go. That seems kind of shocking. And then you see him like immediately be a starter for my Lakers team. And they're like, man, why, why would you let Avery Bradley go? And then he comes in and he, he's like immediately the best on-ball defender in the NBA somehow. He's poking the ball
0: away from everyone that's dribbling by him. And here's, I just- his, here's his numbers, Drew. He's holding opponents, so 8 for 32 field goal percentage, which is 25%. And he's holding them to 6 for 21 threes, which is 28%. T- caused 21 turnovers this guy what more do you want I I you, any any player bringing the ball up against
1: him it has to be terrified I don't care who you are I don't care if you're Young. Tra- <laughs> who's your
0: daddy Gary uh, Gary Payton come on now dude
1: yeah and and, and, I, and I think the most shocking thing about him I mean look with the legacy of his dad's defensive abilities we're kind of like all right this is this may be something that uh, is genetic on some level But the genes uh, he got from his mama must be the hops because that dude, I can't believe how high he can jump and how many dunks he's getting on a regular basis. Uh, So for that to be the last guy on their bench, which he's clearly not anymore, he's definitely vaulted over some of those other guys, including like um, Muzi Mota and Kaminga. He's vaulted over those guys. So he's not the last guy on the bench anymore. But having that dude um, who is young in nba experience but older and definitely a veteran of the game step up and just play exactly how you would you could possibly draw it up for him uh it just again the whole team locked in right now i and then when when you have wiggins be able to who has been inconsistent this year from a scoring perspective when he can pop in and go for 35 um they're just very dangerous bro i mean so the one thing that did happen in that game last night was Draymond got a little banged up uh, on his knee. And they, they're saying it's a thigh contusion, I believe, a thigh bruise. Mm-hmm. It did not look like a thigh bruise to me. And I, I'm hoping that it is just that and that maybe he'll rest a game or be able to come back even and play in their next game. Let's see here. They got, a, they got a big one against Chicago on Friday. And Draymond will definitely be needed in that game for them to be at peak levels. Um, so I'm hopeful that this is not some sort of really nagging injury or something that might take Draymond out for a while. Uh, but that is definitely going to be something concerning because if they start dropping key players, if Draymond or Poole or uh, Steph, you know, if those guys start going out, then, then we're looking at, okay, what, what do they have? Because Draymond, as we know, is the backbone of the team. He doesn't score any points, but he does everything else for the team. Uh, so I think that's the one guy outside of Steph that might be irreplaceable for this roster. So I'm hopeful that whatever it is, it'll, it'll be over soon um, so that we can continue to watch this team play great
0: basketball. Uh, I mean, you could plug in Bielitsa. I mean, if, if Draymond's going to be out for, you know, however many games, but then you're missing somebody on the bench and back to what you were saying about, uh, Gary Payton is like they sent Kuminga down to the G League to make space for this for a reason you know like that's one thing uh, that that Golden State could use is more defense and if you got bring bring back Clay in this I'm with you 100% on I, I kind of feel like the same way with Kawhi if we could again the word I like to use weather the storm like don't push Clay back if he's not ready yet like let's get him to 100% but again with the fits um, he's a great fit. I didn't know he could bounce like that, dude. He didn't get those those bounce, those bunnies from his pops for sure. But when you are raised by one of the greatest on-ball defenders of all time, I think that kind of wears off on you. And I think he takes pride in the defense like his pops did. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't have anymore because defense isn't glamorous. But when you put these numbers out there, that's what a coach looks at. When you're playing on ball, you're they're, they're shooting eight for 32. You're causing 21 turnovers, six for 21 threes. Number one in steals this year right now is your boy Caruso, and he's got the most deflections in the NBA. That's what coaches look for, right? That's what that's what you want. But back to Golden State really quick, they're just fun to watch. And the thing about Draymond is, is the hockey pass, man. thats They just move the ball so freaking quickly that I don't think there's any ego on the squad. Any one of these guys can go off. We've seen Poole be able to go off. Obviously, Wiggins can go off. Steph can go off at any any minute. So, do you think that they can maintain the number one spot? I mean, do you think they are light like so far ahead of everybody else, like the like the Lakers, or do you think that this is kind of going to die off at some point too?
1: I don't see them slowing down unless it's injury related, right? Like, I and they're they know what to do offensively and defensively because the system that Steve Kerr has run is virtually the same system that they've had the entire time, minus when, uh, you know, Steph just had to be the hero for them uh, last season. So I don't necessarily believe that they will hold on to the one seed for throughout the entire NBA season. But I also wouldn't be surprised if that's how it rolls. Uh, They are playing the best basketball in the NBA. Uh, the one thing that you could say is, is especially in recent games, they haven't had very many big tests. Uh, they've been playing some of the lower-seeded teams at this point, some of the, the slow starters, if you will, or the Pelicans in, in one case, which is clearly, I don't know if you can call that a start. I, have they started? I don't think so. Um, but, they I mean, Chicago coming up is going to be a, a good game for them. That'll be a real test. Uh, and then they play Charlotte again, but then they have the Nets coming up. After that, so we'll we'll see what it what it looks like against teams that are having success, as opposed to you know the last run of games. Just to give you an example, after the Lakers and Clippers, uh, it was the Kings, Oklahoma City twice, Memphis, uh, which is the loss that I mentioned, Charlotte, New Orleans, Houston, Atlanta, Minnesota. So those are Ooh. all, to be honest, those are all games they should win. Right, so let's see what it looks like when you got a Chicago Bulls team that's clicking just as good as any other team out there, with two of the top scorers in the NBA, and Gary Payton and Draymond Green will both be needed in that game uh, to bring the defense and the team defense that that will need to happen in order for
0: them to win. I didn't think the the Bulls were going to gel this quick though. Like they're fun to watch every single night; it's a new highlight. Levine is having a field day with having you know the right players around him, man. Caruso has been out of control. Good. Um, Perfect fit again for this guy. Lakers didn't want to pay him any money and the money that he felt he deserved. Chicago went on a limb, paid him the bread and, and they're seeing the results from it. It's a great fit. I think they, you know, they are exciting. They're fun. Um, I think they could use some more shooting, but that's just, that's just my take on it. Um, And that's with no Patrick Williams as well. So what do you, is, it will be a good test for Golden State. When is that, tomorrow, you said? Uh, yeah, tomorrow, Friday, yep. That'd be good to see. I'd like to see that one, how that one turns out. especially And for Chicago, too.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's a good test for both. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, Chicago's had a, a really, a little bit more tougher schedule. Uh, they, ha- they lost two in a row to, to Philly, which is a tough, that's a tough row to hoe because Uh, Philly wasn't all the way there. They've had a lot of COVID slash injury issues, uh, and they're still playing very well. Um, but they did, they had a huge win over, over the nets, uh, which I think kind of surprised everybody. Uh, they were down at one point and then they came all the way back and they won by almost 20 points, uh, or excuse me, they won by 23 points, not almost 20, 23 points. Um, and then they beat Dallas last night in a game where they also were down, uh, I think double digits in the first half and they came back and, De- and DeRozan in that game against Dallas did not have a great game, but they still are scoring. They're able to score and Patrick Williams being out. I thought that was going to be more of an issue, uh, but this kid Javante green comes in and it, it the, the production level is I- immediately where it is. It's the one thing that I did. I was thinking to myself watching the bulls over the last couple games and, and to your point about maybe some more shooting would have been nice if they kept Laurie marketing
0: you know now, now hindsight. Right.
1: <laughs> I mean, and, and but, and, and of course, Laurie, you know, vaulted into the starting lineup in, in, in Cleveland, he's out with COVID. Uh, so, I mean, the guy just can't stay on the floor. So I'm sure all the Chicago bulls fans are like, no, we, we don't, we saw enough of, of Laurie marketing. We we're we're happy to move uh, you know off of that. But with Patrick Williams out, I mean, shit, that guy is almost a perfect plug and play for this offense and and honestly would be their probably their second best three-point shooter on the team. Um, they still don't have Kobe White yet, which I think is an interesting piece. I think he'll be, uh, I don't know where he'll fit in the lineup, but I do think like a Kobe White Caruso backcourt coming off the bench could be very exciting. And that kid can really get hot from, from deep. So, uh, for them, too, I think they actually still have a little bit more left, even though Patrick Williams is not going to be playing for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, that's a wrap the whole year, right? What was it? Yeah, I he dislocated Manisky. his
1: wrist, Oh, which is weird
0: because he still shot
1: the free throw. I don't know if you saw that. Mm. He dislocated his wrist trying to dunk, and he landed weird. Um, And then he shot the free throw and then, like, walked off the floor. And they were like, oh, may, you know, maybe he'll tape it up. And then the next day, it's like, no, he dislocated his wrist, and there's pretty significant damage. We think he's going to be out for the entire season. You're just yeah. like, Shit.
0: Sounds very Kawhi Leonard ish, right? Yeah, what? You can what tear your up? ACL and then finish the game? Okay, cool, bro. Cool. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> what kind of pain threshold does Patrick Williams have? I mean, geez, how tough can you get?
0: All right. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about our boys really quick. You guys had a, a, a good overtime win last night against Miami. I appreciate you guys taking them to overtime because the Clippers have them tonight. They're going to be a little tired. Uh, Jimmy Butler went out with an ankle sprain. I'm not sure if he's playing tonight against the Clippers, but Russ finally had a huge game last night and pulled out the win. You guys were down. If I'm not, you had a huge fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken, or a huge overtime. Which one was it? Fourth?
1: Um, I would say our fourth quarter was, mm-hmm. was really when we, we started to stretch that lead out and then we let them back in the game as we, as we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but Russell Westbrook, man, uh, had we done this podcast after the, the worst game that I've seen the Lakers play in maybe a decade, uh, that's, that's probably going too far. We had a, we had a couple of years where our team was a little down in the dumps, but certainly the worst game, I think in the LeBron James era happened uh against Portland and there was no LeBron AD got a little bit of a stomach flu issue and was it was just throwing up uh all over the place apparently in Portland so he starts the game but then comes out pretty much immediately and doesn't continue and then Russ it's like all right I think I got this but then he goes one for 13 and I gotta tell you man as soon as that game happened I am pulling I don't have very much hair but I was pulling out the, the little hair that I had on the top of my head. Uh, not only that, but then, you know, the Charlotte win that we eked out. Barely. You should have lost that game.
0: Should have lost that game.
1: Russell Westbrook tried to lose that game for us. So, dude, I'm literally sitting here in my house. I'm going, all right, what can we do? How do we – who can we get for Russell Westbrook? Who, what trades can we possibly – who would even want this guy? Because it looked like he forgot how to play fucking basketball. And he, lo and behold – He comes in and has a very nice night against the Miami heat hits two huge shots. Uh, Say what you want about the shot selection. I was not happy with the shots that he took, Mm -hmm. but they went in and uh, we were able to get an overtime win against a good Miami heat team. Granted uh, Jimmy Butler went out in the first quarter with a sprained ankle, no Markeef Morris after something we'll just, we'll probably discuss here a little bit later. Um, but yeah, no, no LeBron James for us. So I think it was, you know, it was a very, very good win. And I just think it's so huge for Russell's confidence because I don't think it could get any worse. Honestly, I don't think it could have gone any worse for him to start the season than it did these first 10 games. And then this one was a absolutely phenomenal win. We, we 100% needed to win this game at home. Mm -hmm. And just to hear, hear, the crowd support something that Russell Westbrook did probably for the first time. I have to be honest with you. Maybe the very first time the entire Staples center was like, yes, finally Russell Westbrook is doing things that we've seen him do his whole career, making decent passes, driving to the basket and actually finishing a few times at the rim and then, yeah, dude, he hit a he hit an elbow jumper, and I think he's airballed more than he has made from that elbow spot that he actually hit a jumper. Why from. does he
0: want that bank shot so bad? Like he's been really, really trying to be Tim Duncan, like with this bank, bro. I, I have a I have a I think I have a particular reason for this. So Russell Westbrook is
1: a part sponsor of a new bank. Oh I'm yeah, not he does. Around Varro. Yeah, Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's banking shots in because he thinks that that's what he needs to do to be a part of the bank sponsorship. So he's just like, oh, no, I I sponsor a bank. I will be banking in shots now. And I'll tell you what, when it goes in, it actually looks kind of nice. But then half the time, it doesn't like it'll just hit the side and not hit the rim. And uh, yeah, dude, okay, He
0: hit the top of the backboard on one of them, if you remember that one.
1: Yeah, only only (laughs) aluminum, only aluminum on the side there um, on one of them. I think that was in that Portland game. Uh, so I did, I, I have, I'm definitely in two minds about Russell Westbrook because for, as I said, for a moment there, it really looked like he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't look like a guy that has won an MVP, uh, a guy that has been to a finals, a a guy that who, uh, a crazy stat that I saw last night, he's hit 53 game winners or game tying shots in the fourth quarter or overtime, which is the most 53, it's the most shots made like that since 2008 over everybody he has the most game tying or game winning shots in fourth quarter overtime and and I, there's no way that's the same player that we saw the first 10 games of the season and it, and to me it really it, the, the portland game was bad but the end of the the hornets game was really really bad because he was we had the lead he was holding the ball on the top of the key. They were trying to poke it away from like he could barely dribble Mm -hmm. and it's, it's Terry Rozier. This is not a, this is not Gary Payton. The second, this is not, this is not any of these on ball defenders that we think should be, you know, holding stifling Russell Westbrook. He could barely dribble the ball and get it out of his hands. So there was a lot of uh, really, really bad stuff that Russell Westbrook has done over the course of the season. But you look at his stats 19.3 19.3 points a game, 9 rebounds, 9 assists. That looks pretty good. But when you watch it, it's real bad. And so one thing I did want to touch on on the negative side, the game that I attended against the Thunder, I was able to rewatch it. We lost that game because of Russell Westbrook. I didn't I didn't see it from my seat and you know when you're trying to watch everything live, it's very difficult. It's a lot easier to watch it from that straight on view that you get from the television. And without 5 Tequila's deep, too. Well, that also helps. Yeah, I was a little a little bit uh, more aware of what was happening, Uh, but he literally lost us that game because of his lack of defensive awareness. And that to me is still the biggest problem with Russ. Uh, He did better in this Miami game defensively than I've seen him do the entire season. Uh, But he just loses his man a lot and just kind of runs to the ball, almost like an eight year old would do in uh, you know, their very first team outing. They just kind of like move towards the ball because they don't know that this should be in a position to guard your player. And he actually fouled. It was the <laughs> worst foul, horrible foul. He fou- he, well, he fou- in, the, in the Hornets game, he mm-hmm. fouled, uh, that was not called, they called it like, luckily the refs called a timeout for, for Charlotte, but he fouled the rebounder. I believe it was Bridges with the game tied. Mm-hmm. Like, like, he was, like he was doing something smart. And it's just like, dude. Okay, so those—that's the thing that worries me the most, right? Decision making—it's not good. But benefit of the doubt, we still have only had LeBron James for a handful of games. I still am not going to judge Russ yet. As much as I wanted to be like, give me Ben Simmons, give me Ben Simmons for Russell Westbrook, right fucking now. Give me—I Car- would trade Caruso straight up for Russell Westbrook. That's literally—I'm going through my list. John Wall for sure. I want John Wall way more than I want Russ it's all of these things that I, I, in my head that I'm going through. And I mean, give me d I was thinking, just give me, let's get d back in a Laker Jersey. But the big, the big picture for me is we still have not been able to see Russell Westbrook, LeBron James and Anthony Davis at the center enough for me to really judge whether or not this is going to work. And I think until we see more of that and then, and then Russ is still this bad, then I think it'll be time to move on. But I'm not going to do it yet. And I said preseason, we might be 500, somewhere around there, 10 to 12 games in. And that's pretty much exactly where we are, six and five. Uh, So I got to take a, a little bit of my own medicine here and not get overly exacerbated about how bad he has been, despite this really good game that he played against
0: Miami. I think working on the chemistry between him and AD, I don't see the chemistry with them yet. It'd be really nice. I mean, things would be a lot easier if they had that chemistry. Also, like the fluctuation of how good Mello shoots at home versus shooting away, right? Like you guys. I mean, Malik Monk had a huge game last night. We've both said, like, low key, this guy was a huge pickup for the Lakers. And is he going to drop twenty-seven every single night? Probably not. But that's what you need. These guys hitting buckets. And you know, I, I'm I'm not I'm kind of with you on this, Drew. I'm not ready to say. I'm not ready to have that conversation of like, is, is Russell Westbrook on the decline right now? Um, Because I think a lot of people would say he, he, he is, which is totally unfair when you just said the numbers that you just said, like, those are crazy, really good numbers. But I don't know, man, a lot of people were against this trade coming in you know and I think this is the reason why including (laughs) you yeah I mean it again it looks it it's it's cute and it looks sexy and there is there is a huge upside if it does work you know what I mean if they can find find it like it can really work and then we're talking championship status if they can make it happen but um it's too early to tell right now it's too early to tell let's see who do you guys got next what's your next game uh next up
1: is is Minnesota we have them on Friday, uh, and then San Antonio. So should be two wins. We should we should win two games here, if if we play the way that we did against Miami.
0: And do and, we have and,
1: a timetable for Braun? Uh, he was supposed to be out one week, mm-hmm. uh, but it's tentative. So one week would put him available for this Minnesota game. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether or not that'll that'll happen. I think it's going to kind of be. Uh, up to him. I mean, to be quite honest, uh, I, I'm sure all of us would love to see him out there, including vocal, uh, and including Russ and AD. I don't, I don't necessarily expect him to be there for Minnesota or for San Antonio, just because there are games that we should win with or without him. But we do have Chicago on on Monday the 15th, uh, and I would love to see LeBron out for that one. So I, my guess is when LeBron does these, he 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 does look at the schedule and go all right. Like he came back for the Cleveland game, for instance. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't, uh, if it was another team, I don't necessarily think he would have been out there, but it's Cleveland. So it means something to him. The Chicago bulls are in the top of the East. That'll mean something to him. So I'm hoping that he'll be back at least for that game, if not sooner. Uh, But another thing that happened that I, I guess I'll just touch on here. And another reason why this win against Miami was very impressive is no Rondo, no Reeves, in addition to no Ariza, no none, no THT. Uh, Rondo and Reeves, who have been playing pretty good. Rondo really, really picked it up against that Charlotte Hornets team uh, before he got ejected for a stupid, you know, swing at, swing at the head of, of Rozier. Both have uh, nagging hamstring ish- issues and did not play against Miami. So we'll see if this, if this core unit of like seven dudes can, can actually get out there and do this again, or potentially if we have some more depth uh, we did see Wayne Ellington. He's out there hitting some pretty big shots, but not, you know, nothing crazy or, or that impressive. But at least we have another body to throw out there that can hit a three. And I, to your point, though, I guess the way I'll end it is with LeBron out, I would love to see more of Russ and Anthony Davis in the pick and roll. Let's clear out. Let's get our shooters in the corners and let's see what they can do with the pick and roll. The problem is with the pick and roll, and maybe the reason that they haven't done it as much is because both defenders immediately just drop to Anthony Davis because they're begging Russell to shoot the ball from anywhere outside of the paint. So I, I, as much as I want to see more of it, it probably doesn't work because their defense completely does not respect Russell's shooting ability. So I do think we're still working through that. Uh, but if Russ can actually start hitting a 15 foot jump shot, which you know, fingers crossed, man, I'm, I'm still I still have hope that it'll. Happen. If it hasn't
0: happened by now, Drew, it's not going to happen. I mean, you're going to have a couple of those. But look, if you want to work on chemistry, Rondo and AD had really good chemistry. Like learn from him. He's on your team, and when Rondo is in with AD, they actually the the the, the lob works. We we see it like look at Brooklyn, look how easy it is for, for Harden to throw those alley oops, you know, but you have to respect his jumper and actually go out and guard the guy. But if I'm Russell, I'm I'm picking Rondo's brain. Hey man, how do I make this work? Because if you if you're not if you're Russell Westbrook and you're not running a pick and roll with Anthony Davis, something's wrong. Yeah, and it
1: and it, it's exactly what I said. Like, as much as the pick and roll works the only way it works is if both people are threats. Mm. And so I think the one thing that can work better is is a pick and pop with with AD. So then then you get Russ going downhill as opposed to staying out on the perimeter, but here's the problem. Anthony Davis is shooting 12% from 3 this year. I I I I had to double Is it really 12? I did a double take on that last night when I was looking up the stats, bro. 12% from 3. Wow. So then So then why would we run the pick and roll? Russ can't shoot from the perimeter. AD is like just a fucking laying bricks. He might as well be working construction if he's outside of the paint. And so I think the main reason we're not seeing it is because they're just not threats Mm -hmm. yet. Uh, And maybe that's because AD put on some pounds this year because we know he was going to be playing center uh, more, which hasn't necessarily happened yet. Um, But I, I don't know what it is about his shooting touch, but his free throws are down to 74%. And his shooting ability is pretty much
0: zero inside of outside of f- fifteen feet. Well, sh- uh, shooting's down. You know, league wide, it's down major percentage. A lot of players are having a rough time with it. You know, it's obvious what's going on with Dame. Uh, it's going to take some time for you know them to adjust, I guess. But how long? And is twelve percent is that higher than Russell's shooting right now, Dude, No. I- it's not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. Yeah, it's the worst on our team by a large margin. I think <laughs> Russ is somewhere around 24-, 24% from three, which is not great, but it's double.
0: <laughs> hey, so I, I, let's talk about my boys right quick. We're on a five-game winning streak. Uh, you had brought it up earlier about confidence, and this is something that I've been waiting for. We saw it happen with Reggie Jackson, who started off very you know, tough shooting for Reggie. Uh, we had that one game, I think it was against, uh, I forget which game it was. I'm forgetting which game. But finally hit his jumpers, and since then, everything's been kind of clicking. I'm seeing a lot, you, you know, I, I've been very outspoken about the Bledsoe shooting. You and I were on a text message the other night where literally he, he going into this game, I th- who was it against, Drew? What was the game that this was? Was this Minnesota- Portland, Minnesota? The one where he hit just straight backboard, like side of the backboard. <laughs> he was three for twenty-four coming into that game for the season. And then I kept hitting you up, like no, three for twenty-five, three for twenty-six. <laughs> but Bledsoe there is a god. He hit he hit two threes the other night. I think his his confidence has been down shooting-wise. He's still attacking the rim. I'm still not sold. On the starting, all right, but I'm listening to Paul George and the rest of the teammates. They all believe in Bledsoe and like what he brings to the team. Defensively, he's been very good for us. Um, But I'm seeing the confidence in Reggie Jackson. I'm seeing the confidence in Luke Kennard, and I'm seeing the extreme confidence. Uh, confidence in Paul George, who once again, on the NBA.com's uh, top 10 MVP list, have Montrez Harrell at eighth and no Paul George anywhere. So get the- <laughs> I'm sorry, Drew. This, this is what's going to hap- have to happen in season five. I'm going to be the Paul George spokesperson all year long. This is just what it's going to be.
1: Montrez Harrell Montrezl awesome.
0: was number eight, Drew. You need to remove the list. It-
1: I'm sorry. You can't have a guy who comes off the bench be... An MVP candidate. What the fuck are they smoking over there, Drew?
0: I think they do it just to raise my blood my blood pressure, dude. Because this is just too much. Okay, if you've watched any Clipper games, Paul George is absolutely elite. And if he's not, if you can name right now four better players in the NBA than Paul George, I'd love for you to name them right now, playing better than Paul George right now. Please, I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll take a crack at it. Give me give me four. Kevin Durant. He's play, you, Is he playing better than Paul
1: George? Yeah, he had 30 points on 12 shots okay, last night. Okay, cool. Uh, Nikola Jokic. Come on. Dude, look at his what? numbers, bro. Yeah, they're good. They're real good. They're good. And he's, he's essentially, you know, have a, he has a winning record with nobody
0: else around. I mean, That's Will fine. Barton, Will Barton's the best, the best player on the team. <laughs> Will Barton can get buckets, dude. I, I like can. Will Barton. Um, okay, so there, there's two. Steph. Steph and Giannis. Giannis is not playing better than Paul George right now. I, I just gave you four. Okay. You
1: asked me to give you four. I okay. Give you four, and those are all arguable. Yes. I'm not saying definitively. Yes. I, I agree that Paul George is at least fifth, if not higher. Okay. Than those players that I, so I just, I, I just, you said four and I. Okay. Said that's fine. Two. That's fair. I'll give, it, I'll, I'm, give it a, I'll give it a try.
0: Look, this guy is just not getting the love and I don't understand. We're not Look, he, he is going to carry us. To the promised land, I promise you. And uh, word on the street is Kawhi Leonard's been shooting for almost two and a half, three weeks now, and he's also doing explosive box jumping right now. He will be back. I'm calling it. I said this was going to happen. I think this is going to be the same thing with Clay Thompson. Like, if we can just maintain right now, uh, we need Marcus Morris back. Ibaka has been is back, but has been atrocious, dude. Let me let me say. And mind you, he hasn't played in nine months, which is is fine. And uh, let me tell you, man, it's been really bad, and kind of expected. We're giving him like like three minute runs, right? But it's the Hardenstein that's working. It's this second unit of T Man Hardenstein. Who here's a funny fact? Uh, our our equipment manager was was talking about how uh, he has to every single game get uh, Har- Isaiah new tights. Because he burns holes, there's holes in them every single game, right? And normally they wear new tights. Like it's not hard to get new tights on your NBA team, but every night they have to get him new ones because he burns holes in them. Because he's on the ground, he's hustle, he's energy, he's effort. He's exactly what we want. Him and Bledsoe have a really good chemistry. I like it when they play together. Okay, mm. um, I do. I like it when they play together. But everything that we wanted from Reggie Jackson. Is, is happening i'm wearing my Be- we believe in big gov t-shirt right now as we speak i know you guys can't see it but it all starts with paul george man and when i when i say who's playing better than paul george i'm just saying this guy does it at every he, he's given buckets every which way uh he's he's getting to the free throw line not enough but the way he's making his shots his three-point shooting uh seeing luke Kennard too like i know people slept on luke Kennard, and i know people judge that $64 million deal, which is, is true. He got paid a lot of money, but now that I think he knows his role as far as when I get the ball to shoot the rock, uh, cause that's what he's there for. I think he's been playing really well. Now we do have Miami tonight. It's going to be, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, we, we haven't had the hardest schedule either. And we have, like you had said, get the second game of back-to-backs from the Lakers. Uh, which, again, I'm glad that we took it to the fourth quarter. But five in a row is big for us, man. Uh, five in a row is big. Zubak has been playing better. I was kind of dogging on him a little bit. I just want I want Bledsoe, and you could see the team too. Like when Bledsoe finally hit the three, which was wide open, like wide open, if you missed that, we would have been in trouble. Uh, but the confidence that they're giving him right now, and we, yeah. we, we definitely need that.
1: Your second unit is really, you're not dropping the ball there the teams aren't able to kind of leapfrog you when you go to your second unit. When Paul George, your best player, goes to the bench, and when Reggie goes to the bench, your second unit is kind of able to just at least – sometimes they stretch the lead, but at the very least, they're maintaining whatever it is. I think it's funny, though, that uh, your, your announcer there, Siemens?
0: Yeah, Brian Siemens.
1: Siemens? Leather Larson. He keeps calling it the lit lineup. I'm sure you've heard it. Oh, yeah. Luke Kennard – it's Isaiah Hardenstein, and it is uh, T-Man, Terrence Mann, the lit lineup. And I. And that's the reason I'm bringing this up is because it is – I mean, it's really good, and it's effort on that end. That's what you need from your second unit. And when Luke can get going, it's great. I mean, and, and to, to, to your contract point, look at Duncan Robinson and look at the Latvian laser who are on $90 million contracts. Guess who deserves 64? Luke Kennard. He's been playing better than both of those guys combined. So I, I think I think you guys are in a better spot right now than anyone would have thought. Kind of similar to the Wizards, not to the extent of the success that the Wizards have had. But I think a lot of people were rightfully down on the Clippers without your your best player in Kawhi Leonard being available. Um, and And you guys are actually starting to really hit stride. Five in a row is big. Uh, and, you know, if you can keep that moving against the Heat team that should be down Jimmy Butler at the very least, I, I, I think you can win this game. You know, I, I wouldn't say easily because Miami is still fucking good. Mm. Uh, but I think you should win this game and it should be a good game uh, to see where you're at.
0: One guy that's not talked about enough is Nico, is Nicholas Batum who's been phenomenal. I mean, this guy has been absolutely phenomenal shooting the three-pointer making up for the points that we're missing from Marcus which you know once we get him back and once we get Ibaka's legs back and we figure out how to work him into the lineup um, you know that's going to be huge for us and also we're not talking about our defense enough our defense is what's winning ball games now a lot of these games we're coming back we're down 13 15 12 in the first and and we're gritting it out Throughout the rest of the game, but we're pulling them out every single one of those like we're, we're, we're clamping down on D. There's sometimes though, Drew, where it's like that second unit, which sometimes is Bledsoe, man, uh, Hardenstein, and, you know, Winslow. Winslow, who is up and down too. That kind of scares me a little bit because not not none of those guys can really create their own shot. Terrence Mann is turning in to be that guy right now. You could tell that he's really worked on his three-point shooting, but it can get stagnant at times. And then, you know, we don't want to ride Paul Paul George so hard every single game, but I'm just really happy on how they're playing. And two to Brian Siemens defense really fast. Calling a basketball game has got to be tough. And there is some stuff that that he says that i know he's stretching for a joke and it's like what i hate when amir coffee comes into the game the coffee jokes need to stop okay (laughs) you know if he misses a shot oh he's decaffeinated you know shit like that okay Mm. i like leather larceny he said one that stuck out in my brain the other night paul george had this step back teardrop three which was just wet right and he said throw it down a chimney wouldn't even hit a brick like straight off and i'm like damn that's good like, that's I think he's, I think he's
1: getting better. He, he he's, also, he's growing on me as well. I think the rapport that he has with Jim Jackson is getting mm-hmm. better. And then when you guys throw in Fratello, I think it's all right too. Uh, but he, it, just in particular, for call, from moving from radio to television is a different medium. And I think he's actually allowing the, the game some 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 air, some mm-hmm. space that you need. And, and on radio, there is no space. You have to be the one that's talking the whole time. And I think mm-hmm. he was doing that too frequently. I, I look, look at us analyzing play ba- play-by-play calls. <laughs> like we've ever done it. <laughs> I, right, yeah, I, but I I do think that he's getting better. And I actually, I don't mind it. I think some of his jokes hit, um, some of them don't, and it's okay because he's just, he's, he's good. I think he's getting better for sure. And it is obviously very hard to replace the legend, Ralph Lawler. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he's doing about as good a uh, job there as you possibly can.
0: Well, he does his homework too. He's very knowledgeable about not only the Clippers, but everybody on the team. He is growing on me as well. I respect, I love the chimney call though. I even, I, I paused it It went back. I'm like, damn, that sounds so good. And it was so on cue that, and it makes so much sense because you see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, let's talk about something that's we're a little late on, but I want to talk about the Joker and the Morris, uh, you know, ejections the other night. You know, the Morris brothers are just known for being assholes, right? This is what they've, you know, their bread and butter throughout the NBA. I am on Joker's side on this, okay? I'm not taking, I'm not biased because it's a Morris brother. I thought that was an extremely cheap shot. And I think Joker did exactly what any man, not just basketball player, like that's how we react. Men react like that. You can't let somebody just come and punk you like that blatantly punk you that was you know you did this on purpose to me and did i think that you know it was just as dirty what joker did it was just as dirty but a dirty deserves a dirty and i'm perfectly fine with that i think morris uh you know maybe acted a little bit after that you should never turn your back on a man that you just punk always you should never do that and then like with the twitter beef afterwards look I said it on our page. You don't want that smoke, bro. Like I get it. You guys are from Miami and whatnot, but you don't want that smoke. And it seems like the Joker brothers, which I immediately followed because that just seems like an awesome page to follow. Um, And I I think Joker was, was right in apologizing afterwards. Sorry, lost my cool. You know, I don't think he is that guy, but I've also seen a lot of clips of Joker, not, not putting up with shit. I'm talking about in the Euro league and everything else. This isn't the dude to punk. And I'm fine with it. I'm fine with the retaliation. What would you think of it?
1: Yeah, I, I I'm on I'm on the same page as you here. Morris did not need to foul Jokic like that. It was completely unnecessary. The game was already won for the Nuggets, and it was a frustration play by Morris, right? He was frustrated and you know they they are trying to be the enforcers of the NBA. The Miami Heat think that they are the toughest team in the NBA. And I think they're if they're not the toughest team, they're certainly up there. Um, but that was definitely a cheap shot by Morris. And I think the thing to think about here is if Jokic is not so much bigger than Morris, he goes down on that foul. That was a hard foul. Elbow to the ribs. He got some lower body stuff with his knee in there. Jokic is so big that it didn't look that bad, right? When you look at it, you're like, oh, yeah, it was a hard foul, but he didn't, you know, he was fine. He still was on his feet. That's because he's a giant. And Marcus Uh, Morris is not small either, Exactly. Yeah, he's six eight two something, two hundred and thirty pounds or whatever, and that was a hard foul. And I think any other player on the court for the Nuggets goes down in a heap, and then maybe Morris gets a flagrant. But because Jokic is able to take that shot, uh, I think he saw red. And I can I can really relate to that. I, I you know I did not have the greatest playing career, but there was a game my sophomore year in high school where I was going up for a rebound and a kid elbowed me right back in the, right in, the, in the top of my head. And I turned around and I punched him right in the face in the middle of the game and I got ejected. And I don't really remember doing it. Um, I just remember just, it was, it was a reaction. And so I, I was always the biggest kid growing up. I, and I stopped growing at six foot four. I didn't keep going to seven foot. But when you're the big guy, you get picked on, you get hit a lot. I mean, look at Shaquille O'Neal, right? Sometimes Shaq would get hit the wrong way. And, you know, Brad Miller almost died that one time. He did. did. He's lucky to get hit. Big guys can take that to a certain level and then they snap. And as much as I think Jokic's retaliation was bad, it was made worse because Morris was facing the other way. I don't think Jokic cared what direction Morris was facing. He was like, no, fuck that. You're not going to do that to me. And he charged into him with a nice shoulder into the back, which snapped Morris's head back, which was bad. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even until after the game that Jokic even realized that his head snapped back like that. And then when he saw it, he immediately apologized and going, yeah, that was, that was not what I should have done. Um, But I am definitely on the side of this was two wrongs and Morris started it. Sometimes when you start shit, it finishes not the way that you expected. And, and your point specifically for him to like do that Morris for Morris to foul that hard. And then like walk off, like, yeah, fuck mm-hmm. you. I'm not, I'm not even going to look at you. I'm just going to trot off here. Cause I'm the tough guy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what he was expecting after that. But... No,
0: because, because I think they're so used to all NBA players in general, to nobody fighting and really nobody retaliating. No, no punches are going to get thrown. Look, you can't do this to the MVP either. And you and you can't do this to the th- – these dudes are from Serbia, bro. Like these are war-torn countries. You are not going to punk me, especially on my uh, on the home floor, right? They're in Denver. And then what well, the funny part was was Jimmy Butler taking it to the whole next level. Like, yo, meet me outside. I'm going to fuck you up, shit like that. And, and Joker's just sitting on the bench, not a care in the world, bro. <laughs> and if you think that Joker is actually thinking about Jimmy Butler and like somebody being meeting him after the game, he's not tripping on any of that. And also, I want this shit to be done. Like, I know Marcus had to hop on the Twitter board and say, yo, the date is circled. I don't, as a Clipper fan or any of that, want to see any kind of retaliation. Because also, I don't. You're going to, it's going to happen. And I just don't want it to happen with Marcus. Jesus, bro, please don't like we already had the beef with Luca. We've had that, you know, I don't want this to happen with Joker. Cause again, we might see these dudes in the playoffs. I just want this to be squashed. And also like, I, it's not funny to me, Drew, but I don't think, I don't think the Jokic brothers joke. If that makes any, if that makes any sense. One person on our page said, yeah, uh, Jokic brothers got bodies. And you know what? It wouldn't shock me if they do. And I'm not. And that's just that's just me. They are not small people either. That whole family is large. So I don't know. It was it was fun to talk about. It was fucked up on both sides. Um, But I think you just need to let it be what it is. Nobody got really, really hurt.
1: Right. I mean, Morris, uh, he didn't play uh, last night against the Lakers after that because of his neck Funny enough, though, he and LeBron were like twins on the sideline. I don't know if you saw that; they both wore these all olive green jumpsuits. And I don't know if they yeah. coordinated beforehand. It was very funny to see both, like on both sides, guys who are roughly the same size wearing almost the exact same jumpsuit. Very funny. Wow. Uh, I think the the best part uh, for your hopes uh, of not having anything happen is the the only game that they play is over a month away. The the Nuggets don't see the Clippers until December twenty sixth and 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 you definitely already know this the referees will be all over that i don't care if it was in march the the refs are going to know mm-hmm. that this happened and they're going to be watching it very closely and i expect jokic not to retaliate in this one right because i think he knows what's up so he he knows that morris might be bringing the heat and and he's just going to take it this time right he's going to take it and morris will get ejected or whatever and then you know the nuggets will keep moving forward and not even think about it but I think the nice part is because it is so far away, maybe, maybe the temperatures will be lowered. But real quick, the, the point that you've made about the Jokic brothers, I think everyone is also on board with this. As tough as the Morris brothers are, who have been, uh, I don't know about arrested, mm. but they, they've been in altercations uh, within games and then outside of games. They, when they were playing together in Phoenix, there was a, an altercation there where they got in a fight. Uh, those guys are tough. Jokic brothers are bigger and love to fight they want to get hurt they like to hurt oh yeah there's a difference there between like are you tough are you nba tough are you tough in general fine do you love to fight do you do you enjoy getting in fights with random people because the jokic brothers do they enjoy it and so this with all the celebrity boxing stuff i would love to see a card where it's morris brothers versus jokic brothers nikola can just be front row but Uh, I would love to see it because the Jokic brothers are not small. I think they're actually bigger. Both of them are bigger than the Morris brothers. And I I'm all for it. I would love to see them put the gloves on in a ring and make it happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, but I'm, I'm with it. And if there's drama, the security guards better be like watching where the Jokic brothers are in the arena because they will, they will try and get on the floor.
0: You're definitely right, though. Like there are people that are fake tough. The Morris brothers are tough. They're tough guys. That that's their mo. That's who they are. And I think if it comes down to it, they're the guys you want in your corner because they will fight for you. But they also do bullshit. They do. I've seen Marcus do it many times, and we're you know that's what they do. They do dumbass things sometimes, and that was really dumb of Markev to to do. So um, we'll see how that goes. December twenty sixth. That's mm-hmm. when. Okay, mark let's, it down. Let's hope uh, Marcus has the flu that game or something. Um, <laughs> one of you know how you had your your call of the wizards not being so good i have my bad call right now my call that i was adamant for going into the you know from the preseason i like I mean, not as hard as Paul George, but I said, man, MPJ. This is going to be his year. This is the breakout year. This guy is ruining my top, <laughs> my top shot right now. My top shot purchases of all my MPJ double badge rookies are tanking, Drew. They are absolutely tanking. I'm down a thousand bucks on top shot right now because of Michael Porter Jr. What the hell? He gets the bag, okay, has a horrible seat. I think he was averaging nine points a game. And then we see this attempted dunk the other night. It's another back injury. So I texted you that night and said, maybe, maybe Jerry West was right. Like, you know, he had these, these showings in the preseason. And then I think he had one good game in the regular season. And we're all just sitting there like, damn, could have been a clipper, could have been a clipper, but now he's hurt. Once again, the guy that was hurt all through college, all his rookie year, finally had some shine last season. uh, And. And now he's back hurt once again. So what do you think, man? I mean, is this, do I sell my MPJs first of all? Am I giving up on Michael Porter Jr.? Because then when you think about it, he's 6'10 and has the whole bag, has everything you want in a basketball player, except for he makes really bad decisions sometimes, dude. And he's very, very injury prone. So buy or sell Michael Porter Jr. right now.
1: Oh, dude, this is a hold because the kid's so young. I mean, look, e- even if it takes him a year or two more years to figure out like his physicality and, uh, you know, getting on the, the TB12 shit or whatever, whatever he's got to do. Uh, I think he will be able to play NBA basketball for, you know, another nine to 10 seasons. I mean, but it, it, it would also not shock me if he's out of the league in the next three to four because he just is constantly injured. Uh, And the play that, that he injured himself on was a wide open zero contact dunk attempt. And, and that's the worst part about it. When there is no contact and you injure yourself, first of all, it looks really bad because he just like, he just couldn't elevate. And then secondly, that just means that his body is not anywhere where it should be. Uh, And anytime you have back problems uh, that fucks up the rest of your kinetic chain. So something that we brought up with Anthony Davis last year, it seems like if, you know, with him in particular with AD, it's back, it's shoulder, it's knee, it's ankle. And I do think that that's what's happening with Michael Porter Jr. And it probably stems with the fact that his back isn't, you know, isn't where it should be, at least not from an NBA, like professional athlete level. Uh, But also at the same time, I don't know what he can do to make that any better. Cause the back problems, I mean, that, that shortened Steve Nash's career and that guy was significantly smaller than, than MPJ. So I, it's, it's not good. I think you hold your top shot moments just cause I mean, there's no, no rush on that now. Uh, but I think the bigger picture here, previous to the injury in the, in the five games that he played going into that, he was one of 20 mm. from three in the five games mm. leading up to that injury. So that's the bigger picture. Not necessarily the injury stuff, which is obviously going to be following him forever as long as he's in the NBA. No one's going to forget about it. Uh, but the fact that he he was not hitting uh, it, one for one for twenty for wow. one of the one of the better shooters in the league. I mean, the guy shot over forty percent last year from three, so that's a problem. And I don't know if he's mentioned anything about the ball, uh, but even if the ball changed, I'm sorry, I, dude. I I feel like Steph Curry would hit left handed uh, threes at a better clip than one of 20. I mean, he, he's a good shooter. So something clearly is not going right with him on all levels. When do you think it's for him? We were ready for him to go for a a 20 point plus season this year, because he was going to get all the opportunity and he's
0: not even on the floor now. And when he was, he was a shell of himself. Mm. Man, I was so adamant about him this year. So adamant. And there's still time for it to happen. You know, like it gets, uh, he's intricate piece to Denver succeeding in this season, right? Like he has to be that guy. I mean, we're seeing Will Barton step up a lot, but when, when do you think is okay for the excuse of the basketball? When can we stop saying that there has to be like a cutoff point at some, at some, at some point. And we just have to, you know, accept that this is the basketball. It's going to be the basketball for a while. And guys like Dame and, and MPJ and, guy, and Anthony Davis, like when can we stop that?
1: you know, to be honest, it's hard for me to put like a number on it. Mm. I would say, I honestly, I thought it was going to be like 10 games, like get used to it, Mm. start shooting with it in practice. I mean, they better all be shooting with this ball. Yeah. Every, every single chance they get, it should be uh, to me, to me it should be like two games with all the practice and the shoot arounds that you do two games. All right, let me get used to this. Mm. Uh, Maybe that's, maybe that's uh, naive of me, but I certainly by 20 games, right. By, by 20 basketball games, you should be able to be like, this is the ball. Mm-hmm. This is how it feels. Let me start putting it in the fucking hoop. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, you know, it is, especially for a guy like Damian Lillard, who has been in the league for a long time. Okay. Maybe it takes him a little bit longer because he's had the same ball for his whole career until now. But for the younger guys, uh, like Michael Porter Jr. He's been playing with different basketball. I mean, look, when you're in AAU, there is, there's, there's no uniformity to the ball ever. When you're in college, you go from, you know, team to team. They all have their own ball that they play with and that shouldn't affect. I mean, let I, I would love, so JJ Redick, for instance, is now an ESPN analyst. I would love for him to talk about this uh, and maybe he's brought it up on his podcast. I haven't tuned into that recently, but that's a, that's a guy with a perspective here uh, who had a long career in college. And a long career in the NBA and was around for the different ball changes that they made over his career in the NBA. I would love for him to speak on it. Kyle Corver as well. Would love to hear about that because I, I think they have some insight here that the rest of us don't. But clearly to me, if by game 20 you're still blaming the ball, <laughs> that that can't be
0: that can't be what it is. Right. I agree. So let's let's stick with 20 then. We're gonna give these guys 20 games and there's no more excuse. Yeah. They got nine games left.
1: <laughs> uh, final thoughts, Drew. Um, Yeah, final thoughts. College basketball is back. It is. And we started that this week with a couple big games, uh, you know, Duke and Kentucky and Michigan State and Kansas. And uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is because a legend of the game is, is leaving. And that's Coach K. This is his last year at Duke. We think, I mean, he, he, he announced his retirement, but who knows he has all the power in the world to say, no, fuck it. I'm not, I'm not fucking leaving and then return for another year or whatever. But it does seem like he's going to bow out at the end of this year. Uh, The reason I bring this up is because coach K has been in my life, (laughs) my entire life and a staple in the college atmosphere, uh, five championships. And, and look, I know a lot, uh, a lot of people don't like Duke. Uh, but a lot of people don't like Duke because they're so goddamn good, right? Just like the way that a lot of people didn't like Popovich or don't like Belichick is because those guys win. And uh, Coach K's success at Duke and with the uh, men's national basketball team for USA, he is an absolute legend. And I will be tuning in to watch this Duke team, which right now is ranked in the top 10. I don't know necessarily... um, how well they're going to be doing this year. I mean, they've, they've, they're always ranked in the top 25 to start. So we've seen some, some tough seasons from them uh, in the past couple years. And I think coach K part of the reason he's leaving is because the dynamics have changed so significantly where these players, I don't know if they're ready to be coached by somebody like coach K anymore. He, there's been a lot of transfers out of Duke, but I'm bringing this up because That guy is a fucking legend and the game is going to sorely miss him. Whether you love to hate him or you love to love him, it's going to be different without seeing Coach K at Duke on the sidelines. We've already lost Roy Williams. He's no longer at North Carolina. Jim Boeheim is probably the next one that's going to go out here at some point. I mean, that guy is going forever. Uh, but I just wanted to shout out Coach K and like the true basketball legend that he is, the Hall of Famer that he is. Uh, I'll be tuning into his final season and to college basketball in general. The first year that these kids are finally able to make a little bit of money on the side. Get some bread. Uh, let's, let's see how it all rolls out. But uh, shout out to Coach K. What a legend.
0: All right. So I kind of want to push back on something that that we had talked about. Extensively on the last show, and then throughout the week on our Instagram, with all this all this shit surrounding Pippin, right? <clears throat> Pippin be tripping, which he is. I think everything that we said is very true on what we said about Scotty. The one thing, after listening to a couple of his interviews, he he went on. You know, Michael Strahan did an interview with him, and I don't necessarily think it was fair for us to not let Scotty tell his side of his story too. Okay. Like I know that we got Mike's vision, Mike's take on the last dance and everything. I don't, th- I think it's fair to let Scotty tell his side of the story, whether, whether we, we like it or not. I think it's, it's only fair. I wasn't playing on that team. Uh, you know, we, we got to watch from the sidelines, how great it was, but Scotty wants to come out a book and tell his version. We should let him tell his version. And I think that's only fair. I think, just with the the reason why I've been so upset about it, and I think a lot of people are looking at Scotty like, why would he even be saying this? Is because it's the little jabs. It's the jabs about saying, you know, well, is it harder to play with a flu game or with a herniated disc in your back? And like, come on, dude, those are just small shots, right? And there's obviously some resentment, like him even coming out saying that, yo, me and Michael aren't friends what what you guys think we were friends we really weren't like it hurts me right I think it hurts the average basketball fan we want to think that Scotty and Michael are this dynamic duo that um that are friends and rode off into the sunset together and I guess that's just not true and that sucks that he has to say that and I do think that we didn't give Scotty enough like Michael didn't win anything until Scotty got there as far as playoff series or championships or anything like that. And, you know, when Michael left uh, that one season, like they only they only lost two more games. Like I think they went from 58 to like 56 the following year with Scotty being that guy there. So maybe I dogged or we dogged a little bit too hard on Scotty. I think that the point that we were trying to make was just like. I don't know what more Scotty wants. Like, I think we all know the value of Scotty Pippen and how important he was to that basketball team. And I'm just repeating myself from what I said last week. But I think it's fair for us to let Scotty tell his version of the story, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with the fact that we can hear him out. I'm not going to back down from anything. I said all the points that we made are valid points. He was not a better player than Michael mm-hmm. Jordan. And that's just the bottom line. You can take it however you want to take it. If you're, you're, if you're the diehard Scottie Pippen fan and you're mad about what we said, that's okay with me. <laughs> because I gave him props in that last one about his defense and about how good he was. And arguably the MVP of the league the year that Michael Jordan was out. Right, So I, I, I'm with all of that. Uh, but I think maybe what you're looking at is you know Michael Jordan had the last dance but Scotty can put out, it takes two to tango. That should be what he puts out in his documentary um, or whatever, you know, the book the book is not called that, but I think that would have been a great like sequel or like, you
0: know- To the last dance, two to tango, great. that would. I, think, I mean, that, that's the way to go right there. Okay, so how about this? It's more of like, I wish Scotty would have worded this stuff better. Like him being, where is your publicist? Like let the publicist come up with what you're gonna say to push this book. Unfortunately, I'm gonna to have to read this book now because there is some shots in there that I wanted. I want to hear Scotty's take on this. I really do. I'm gonna buy the book. I'm gonna read the book. I'm gonna let everybody know what I think about the book. But I think he mismanaged how he, or unless, or maybe he did it really well because I'm gonna buy the book now, right? And I think I wasn't gonna buy it prior. So, anyways, I just wanted to say that it's fair. You should be able to tell your side of the story, and whether it's bullshit or not, let him say. Just keep it. At Scotty, I don't want Scott Burrell to come out with a book or, or, or Kurt actually, if Kurt came out with like an audio book of his version of it, because I think he was just happy to be there. Right? Yeah. Like, that's something I want to read. But let's just end this. Let's end this now. Right? Yeah. All right. One, one thing we forgot to do is our new proud sponsor prize picks. If you guys haven't downloaded the app yet, download it. Drew Drew had to take a break for a couple days because he was on a he was on a losing streak. Uh, this is the best way, the easiest way for you guys to make your picks. And we want to talk about the picks that we're making for this evening. I, d- I did have a bit of a losing streak and I had to take a break for a
1: day because I was getting too greedy. I was getting out there and I was putting three, four, five picks out there and then going all in with the power play. And so all of them had to hit. I love parlays. You can call me the parlay kid. If you want to uh, shout out to the ringer or whoever that guy is, there's a guy out there called the parlay kid. So I'm not going to steal it from him, but I do love a parlay and I get, I get overwhelmed with my knowledge and, and my, my thoughts on, Oh yeah, Dinwiddie's definitely going to have at least six assists. Oh, uh, it, Miles Turner's going to hit two, three, you just like little things. And then of course I come up short and even if one of them is wrong, then it's wrong. But I did I hit I hit on a big one uh, the other night I had Corkmas under 16 and a half and I had Jurkic uh Jurkic <laughs> <laughs> Yusuf Nurkic over 11.5 and a half on points and I hit that one which was nice last night DeMar DeRozan let me down so I lost that one but tonight I'm going to be back on a winning streak we're turning it around right here I got Tyrese Maxey against Toronto Over 16 and a half points. The guy is lights out right now. He just went for 31. And I got Rudy Gobert, number one rebounder in the NBA. I don't like betting on him, but I'm going to do it tonight. I got him over 13 and a half rebounds. This could be, this could definitely, that one could definitely, you know, stab me in the back. Uh, But I am all in. They're playing Indiana. They have a lot of bigs. I think he's going to be out there for the majority of the game. And when he's out there, he rebounds. So I'm thinking 16, 17 rebounds for Gobert. And I'm bringing home some fucking cash.
0: It's funny because I asked Drew to always send me his his uh, his picks for the night. And I post them on our stories. And just the other day, like I couldn't even fit all your pick. I do like two. I pick two and I bet 10 bucks. That's what I do. Drew Drew had like six the other night. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Six for like 40 bucks. I'm like, bro, chill out on this. Like we got to spread this out. I was I was a little arrogant. I was
1: a little arrogant in uh, in my in my picks. So I've slowed down. As you can see, I'm only picking two tonight. I'm going to take it slow.
0: I had I've been doing actually pretty well. I've only I've only uh, I've been winning. I've only had one night where I didn't win uh, much, but. Luca disappointed me yesterday or two nights ago. I had him at over 20, 25 and a half points and he had a 20 piece. I'm like, come on, Luca, you got to step it up. I made the right call on the mellow the other night being under 17, which was good. But anyways, my, my uh, picks tonight, I got Miles Turner over seven rebounds. They're playing Utah tonight. So he's going to be battling against Drew's Rudy Gobert. And then I got my boy. I haven't placed, uh, placed a pick on my my clippers yet. I got my guy Nico Batum. Talked about him early in the in the show today. Over 10 and a half points. I need him with an 11 piece. That's all I need from my guy. He's been shooting lights out. So we're going to post our our uh, picks as soon as this this pod is over.
1: It sounds like you should be betting uh, the under for Bledsoe on threes every single night. It wasn't
0: a choice. Wasn't a choice. Bledsoe <laughs> under 1.33s. I'm taking it. But I'm putting, all, I'm putting the whole bag on it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to be back next week. Download the app. Prize picks. Download the app. It's easy. It's fun. You can play against Drew and I. Send us your picks if you have any. Um, and yeah, let me know.
1: Use, use the promo code NEWS you'll get double your money that's still out there when you type in news in the promo code you get double your deposit uh go ahead and play it's fun we'll be back next
0: week it's the follow through with clips and drew and we're ghosts you know what it is you know, what it is. You know where you're at this is the